Welcome to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. Uh, today we're going to be talking about an amazing film that is just premiering on the West Coast here called The People vs. Agent Orange. And um, my guests are the filmmakers, Alan Adelson and Kate Taverna. And then I also have some local people that have been working on the community rights and um, trying to get our rights not to be poisoned by spray um, uh, into law, uh, Michelle Holman and Rob Dickinson. So welcome. Thanks so much. Um, Thanks, Rob, for having us. Sure. Well, let me start with Alan and Kate, and let's talk about the inspiration for this film. I understand you've been uh, working. It took like eight years to get it get it done. But um, um, from what I know, it was inspired by um, a book by Carol Van Strom called A Bitter Fog. So tell me, you know, you got your hands on that book. And from there, um, yeah, what what was your motivation? Well, Carol's an incredible inspiration and has such uh, a commitment to activism and such a durable and uh, unforgiving, uncompromising uh, spirit um, and is so generous and so uh, good humored uh, and such a positive force that finding her and letting her spirit imbue the film was, uh, you know, that's just pure gift. Uh, just to remind people, this this film is, is about the decades-long devastation caused by the use of toxic chemicals, um, derivative of, of Agent Orange, which was used in Vietnam, um, derivative, I say, I mean, part of the elements of Agent Orange. Can you talk about what the, the chemicals that Carol was objecting to and caused her act to be active in, in this movement? Well, there's two chemicals in Agent Orange. One is 2,4,5-T and the other is 2,4-D. And yeah. Carol, through the, through the CATS group, who finally sued the Forest Service to stop spraying it, got an injunction against the 2,4,5-T because they knew there was dioxin in it and eventually it went off market and in 1983 they stopped selling it completely. But 2,4-D is still around and Carol contests that there's traces of dioxin in 2,4-D and that's mixing in with glyphosate and all these other chemicals today. Uh, and CATS is an organization, Citizens Against Toxic Spray that they came up with. But let me bring in uh, Michelle or Rob um, and just talk about what, what's going on today. Because, I mean, these chemicals were used, obviously, in Vietnam and then in the 70s. And they got some injunctions against them. But um, what's going on today in terms of uh, spray in the forest? Well, it's, it's funny that you ask it that way because it seems as if nothing has changed. Maybe sometimes there are different chemicals and some of them are the same because they still do spray 2,4-D and they spray atrazine and glyphosate and a whole witch's brew of ingredients, but it's pretty much the same deal. It was only a couple of years ago, we, um, there, I gave a presentation to a local community group and then that got followed up by a presentation by the, a person who works in the timber industry, but who's also was at the time the chairman of Oregonians for Food and Shelter, which is, um, you know, sounds really nice. Everybody likes food and shelter and puppies and all that. But <laughs> basically, they stand for um, 
spraying poisons. And, um, and in his presentation, he said a slight variation of what uh, the aspirin quote, but he basically said, and he, I think he listed a, a chemical, which I think was atrazine in the presentation. And he said that it's less toxic than caffeine. So they, they're, they're recycling the slogans, maybe they're picking a new thing to use, but it's the same practice, you know, this, roughly the same chemicals and the same toxic effects where people get sick and die. And the powerful thing in this film, again, we're talking about the people versus Agent Orange, which is a, a film that, that's going to be premiered uh, soon here, early, early March. The, these things don't go away. The stuff that was spread in uh, Vietnam in the late 60s, I think, early 70s, was uh, for default, you know, to get rid of, it's herbicide, to get rid of all the foliage so that they, people couldn't hide, whatever, for whatever reason. And, and there, your film juxtaposed that, the experience of this uh, Vietnamese woman with Carol here in Oregon and the terrible effects that we're seeing down the line, even generations down the line, birth defects and, and health, other health issues. Talk about just that, yeah, how you structured the film um, using these two women. Um, well, we needed, we needed to have somebody take us through this polemic of what's Agent Orange, what does it do, where we use it, how can we stop it? So following the women was the best way to do it. And having one in, in Vietnam, one in, in the U.S. gave us an audience that was more global. And then bringing in Daryl Ivey, where you see him getting sprayed on camera as he's filming it like a whistleblower on a crew. Um, yeah, that this brings is a, the a helicopter. Uh, this is a guy who's actually, his job is to... Is to uh, um, put the put poison the, in the helicopter. Yeah, he was, he's, yeah, he's helicopter crew. He's a, he's a helicopter um, yeah. maintenance guy, but they, and he also does hazmat and he took it as a simple job for a couple of weeks while he was around and uh, realized what was going on and started filming with his camera. But what he shows through the course of the film is that by being exposed to it, he actually sprays his own, he actually films his own getting sprayed by a helicopter. And then you see him progressively getting sick and throwing up blood by the end of the film. Yeah. And um, so weaving him in there was making the women's anecdotal evidence become a lot more like real. Like Immediate. now you understand what, what people were going through. Yeah. And uh, the Vietnam um, woman, uh, I would mangle her name if I tried to say it, but what, what Trantonia. is- Say it again. Trantonia. Trantonia. She uh, became a citizen of France and um, yes. after a, a suit was actually dismissed in the U.S., they're bringing uh, or they brought, I don't know, probably many years ago, this suit um, that, with her as a, a plaintiff. Um, no, no, no. She was no? never a plaintiff in oh, the she's... suit in the U.S. Oh, no, not in the U.S., in France. In France. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She but they brought... now. So what's going on with her lawsuit, uh, I guess right. is the question. Oh, so January 25th, they had the final arguments for both sides and the entire global media was there waiting to hear what was happening, get some update on what the scoop was because they've been aware, now they've become aware of it over how much time. I mean, we showed an hour long version of the film on Arte in France and Germany and suddenly now it's sparked a little interest in May 10th of this year, they're supposed to come up with the final decision. So I see. We're so there hasn't been edge. a ruling yet on that. No ruling yet. 
But and it feels quite imminent after seven years. After seven years. But yeah. there have been so many postponements in the seven years that we're hoping that that date holds. And it's quite moving in the film. Her, uh, you know, her health, she has ca cancer and she's like this, uh, you know, I really want to see this through and before while I'm still here kind of a thing. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, talk a, a, a little bit more about the making of this film. Um, obviously, you went to Vietnam and you came to Oregon. Uh, wow, some heartbreaking imagery uh, of uh, the birth defects and deformities and um, uh, just the devastating effects of, of the use of these chemicals, which is quoted in the, in the film as um, weapons of mass destruction, really. Yes, Rob, the... Um Structurally, when you raise the question, you pose the primary challenge that we faced as filmmakers who wanted to be able to address uh, the various strands that of narrative and character that relate to Agent Orange was already pretty complicated. And lo and behold, I there was a crossover that brought Vietnam and Oregon together. And that crossover was the actual physical 55 gallon drums of surplus agent orange that were brought to Oregon by a forestry professor at um, the university um, who first postulated that it would be good for the Douglas firs to have the competition of weeds killed by an herbicide. So they actually, after they banned use of it in the war in Vietnam, because it was making people sick and their children deformed, they brought it home to make people sick and other children deformed and derivatives of it and insufficiently tested chemicals that have good reason to be questioned continue to be used now in what they call broadcast spraying mm -hmm. where the helicopters just totally cover mountainsides that have been clear cut. And it volatizes and spreads. And washes yeah. down into the creeks and into your water supplies and reservoirs and you drink it. And people object and they actually won a ballot box initiative um, in Lane County, Oregon. And that was overturned in the courts because the states have preemptive power. That's the operative term, preemption. Well, now we're getting uh, into Michelle, uh, Michelle and Rob's territory a little bit uh, about what what's going on in terms of uh, communities' rights to protect themselves. Good. Uh, well, first, I just want to make a, a correction because it's Lincoln County that actually passed the ordinance. Lane County, which is where Rob and I uh, live, we haven't been able to get it on the ballot. We're working tirelessly to get this thing on the ballot. And we're met uh, with obstacles every step of the way because once the people use the initiative system, 
and empower ourselves to protect ourselves through lawmaking, which is what we're all about, uh, the special interests tell us, oh, you're stepping into our, our profit-making ventures. Get out of the way. So we have been um, challenged and uh, we've been to court several times. Right now, our aerial spray ban is in the Court of Appeals. We're waiting to hear um, a decision, a ruling on that. But regardless, um, we will not stop until they stop. And we feel like we have the right to protect ourselves from this corporate harm that occurs right where we live. I live not far from Carol Van Strom in the Coast Range, uh, and they could they continue to spray the private um, the private timber industry has carte blanche. It's legal. It's protected. It's enforced by our government to spray those of us who live here in the forest the waterways, the animal life, um, the air we breathe. So um, we are, we're still active. I mean, COVID has changed our activism. It's mostly on Zoom now, but uh, we, we meet every week uh, as a steering committee. Community Rights Lane County is dedicated to empowering citizens to protect themselves right where they live. And if you can imagine a patchwork of communities taking care of right where they live. Can you imagine this glorious world we would live in? Um, we are up against preemption as was discussed. And we say, well, preemption is injustice. So, you know, we're those people that see injustice, calling it out and offering up other options for uh, a way to live sustainably on this planet, on our mother earth home. And can you define that again, preemption? Because it might go over someone's head again, what that means. Preemption is when uh, the state or federal government tells people and municipalities what they can and cannot do in terms of lawmaking. So if in Lane County, this is a, a, a one we can all understand. In Lane County, if we wanted to raise the minimum wage, we are pre preempted from doing that. If the state doesn't say yes and give us their blessing, then we little children are supposed to go home and behave ourselves. And frankly, we've had enough of behaving ourselves because it's not in our interest. It's not in the interest of the masses or the planet herself. So the state overrides local, the local ability to protect themselves and in individual pockets is not, is not, is preempted by the state law sometimes, most yep. times, yeah. And how does one change those laws? Yeah, well, we are engaged in a, a possibility of getting a legislator to introduce a state amendment oh. to, uh, that would support the right to local community self-government. It's not our first choice because um, it's very difficult to get legislators whose um, campaigns are paid for by special interests to listen to people like us. But there are some good people with integrity in legislatures. There are some judges around the nation with integrity. We're having a hard time finding them. Um, but uh, so that's, that's one way is to go through a statewide initiative. But locally, it's another one of our initiatives that's in the Court of Appeals is the right to local community self-government, which gives us the right to write and pass laws that protect us. And that would deny preemption its uh, power. 
So we're going at it locally. We're going at it at the state. One day we will go up to the feds. We absolutely will. It's like a scaffolding of building rights for the people. It just takes a feisty people to say we've had enough and we're going to take the reins. We're going to be decision makers right where we live. So we have all this land that just got burnt in the fires last fall. And I assume some of it is maybe due to be clear cut and then they're going to have brush. I mean, uh, do we know about forest practices moving forward, how those lands are going to be treated? Well, we're worried about that because they are the, the industry is going to want to use the fires as an excuse both to, to cut down more and to say that more needs to be cut in order to protect against fire. But then um, it's going to be a lot of spraying that's going to happen, especially up around the McKenzie area. And, you know, that's the drinking water source for Eugene. And um, and the, those canals are not covered. Those and the, and the sprays, you know, they um, they'll, you know, protect things, you know, buffer of 50 feet around and stuff, but the sprays can drift for miles. So I think there's a real strong risk that um, that drift will happen and will get into those um, that those water sources that um, feed the people of Eugene. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about the people versus Agent Orange. Alan, Kate, maybe say about ways people could view this film coming up here in the next couple of weeks in, in Oregon. Oh, there's uh, several theaters that we're working with online. We have a website called thepeopleversusagentorange.com, all one line, and that gives a whole bunch of screening outlets. And there's so, the Ashland Film Festival also. So there's so like five or you, six venues. If you Google the people versus Agent Orange, you'd probably find a showing somewhere. Right. And then you'd be able to say, OK, I want to watch it from this. I like this theater and I'll support this theater. And you can buy the ticket directly from the website. And last year, the Eugene uh, Environmental Film Festival gave it a jury award saying it's everything a great environmental documentary should be. That's a yeah, nice, that was that's really a nice, nice. statement. <laughs> That did feel good. That was yeah. Nice. Has have you entered it in other festivals? Yes, it's been mostly in uh, European festivals in Estonia uh. and Sardinia and what was the other? And now we're going to be at the movies that matter at the Hague, and Trontonia is going to be meeting activists there and prime and foreign ministers and the people who are trying to put a, a put together and stop ecocide to make ecocide. Um, a crime against humanity at the International Criminal Court. And if that happens, that would be something. I was just going to bring up that word, echo-side. That's kind of an unusual word. Uh, can you define it? I guess it was first used in terms of what happened in Vietnam, maybe. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Is it Galston who came up with that? Yes, uh, Yale professor Arthur Galston coined the term uh, drawing... Um, probably on genocide and combining it with the environment. Um, and basically it's a massive attack on uh, the environment and its inhabitants. Yeah. Well, we're at a time when people, you know, eroding trust in information that's coming through and trust in government agencies is always being questioned. How do we, yeah, and this one you have obvious cover-ups, the um, film documents. Any, any going forward, uh, how do people know when, when our government is giving us good information, you know? Read, read, read. Read yeah. everything, everywhere. If you, 
if you subscribe to Carol Van Strum's uh, point of view, you wouldn't believe anything. And, <laughs> and you would be right almost all the time. <laughs> That was one of the things towards the end of the film. Uh, it's pretty powerful. She, she, all the documents she'd been saving over the years, they were getting them scanned and, and put up online. And it's right. called the, the Poison Papers. Is that yes. right? And she said today, and we were in another interview, and she said that it's very difficult to find anything on the Poison Papers. But now Columbia University's taken it over. They've added more stuff, and they're organizing it into something called ToxicDocs.com. So, or is it .org? Toxic docs is what to look for. So can people, is that open source? Yes. I mean, can people can, can look yeah. for the poison papers online? That's what it's for. Yeah. Uh, and it documents a lot of what happened in the, in the 60s and 70s uh, in Vietnam and, well, not Vietnam, but in Oregon, right? Oh, all, all over. Everywhere. All over. Everywhere. She's been involved in, in court cases all over the place. Mm -hmm. She became a, um, an advisor, right? And she saved all of that discovery material. And that's what you're going to be seeing is all of this evidence and discovery and incriminating documents. I would call her innumerable times to say, um, I'd like to see documents about uh, dioxin in 2,4-D. She'd and come up with a whole slew of Two hours later, they'd come piping through <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to mention that Carol... Um, shouts out community rights in the film. And um, if you have a healthy skepticism about what you're being told by your government, uh, then we invite you to come to Community Rights Lane County, especially since this is being aired in a Eugene station. We're your local uh, non, um, we're, we're the place to come. So check us out, communityrightslanecounty.org, uh, Facebook, Instagram, we are um, empowering ourselves and are urging, encouraging others to do the same because uh, when you look to the left or to the right of yourself, you're still going to be sitting with yourself. So it's up to us. It's us. We can do this thing. There's more of us than there are of them. And we are pretty potent when we organize. Good for yeah. you. And we're looking at you, Michelle, now. <laughs> you, you're important. You're the, a model for us. Um, well, I am inspired by people like you and everywhere I look, when I get downcast at the idiocy that I see around me in this <laughs> world, I have to just remember that there's brilliant people like you, Carol, Rob, both Robs here. You know, there are tireless, energetic activists who won't take no for an answer. We're not done. We have generations that are looking to us that haven't shown up yet. So uh, we do have a bit of a responsibility, uh, an obligation, and actually an honor and a privilege to serve this way. So, hey, go team. Go team. <laughs> Agreed. We're Carol calls you. us the troublemakers, the future <laughs> troublemakers. Yes. And, and tell me about the film. Hopefully you want as many people as you can to see it, but who would you most like to reach with this film? Man. Oh. Uh, young community rights and environmentalist uh, people who will uh, tr uh, transpose the inspiration 
into uh, good action. works yeah. and action. Want to know more. They'll want to go and find out more and do it, Michelle. Get in touch with Michelle and her group and yeah, do something. And we have uh, a bumper sticker. I think it's uh, action is the antidote to despair. Is, I think, do I have that right? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. On our poster, it says, um, what's the line? We have, the right, we to have the right to defend ourselves against being poisoned. So that's, that's uh, a big deal. You, yes. you got to do it. You'd yeah. think that would be a no brainer, but uh, we're finding out that it's not. That really. It's so weird. Why not? You know that no, this film might help people find out what the hell's going on, and it might be enough of a catalyst to for them to come to these organizations. On the website, there's something called resources, and it's a whole slew of organizations mm -hmm. all around the country, different kinds: vets' rights, community rights, environmental rights, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. How did um? Were you both in Vietnam filming when you were? How, how did it feel to be in <laughs> Vietnam? Alan was in Vietnam. I had a very hard moment with a young guy who had been afflicted by Agent Orange and had very withered limbs. Mm. Uh, and he came uh, and embraced me, maybe out of the wish to be embraced or just to experience physical love. And it broke me down in that moment, all the uh sorrow and pity and regret and even guilt mm. uh overcame me in that moment it's a very emotional film in that way there were, brought me to tears in a couple of different places and um i really encourage people to to see the people versus agent orange you can look for it online it's going to be able to view it that way yeah, to see the effects that our, you know, our government did this warfare in Vietnam, which we know we opposed a lot, uh, mm -hmm. but a lot of people knew what what, what was happening and um, tried to try to cover it up, and and there's still a lot of issues. So still to, uh, this, to, still to this day, it's it's occurring in our country, right here, right in our forests, and really, if you want to know why, follow the money. It's, you know, it's corporate profits and it's empire building. So, you know, those, when you see um, the diabolical nature of this, then ecocide is not too small a word to use. This is criminal mm -hmm. action, criminal mm -hmm. activity occurring in, right here today. So we really encourage people to get involved. It's time for us to protect what we love. And um, the, there's no time like now. Thank you. I've been talking with, Michelle Holman and Rob Dickinson and the makers, the filmmakers for The People versus Agent Orange, Alan Adelson and Kate Taverna. Um, thank you guys all. It's been a good discussion on a, on a hard topic, really. Um, it's, uh, it's painful in a lot of ways, but uh, I'm, we're all a little more hopeful when, when there's good people taking action. Yeah, we're motivated, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. You've been listening to Train of Thought. My name's Rob Tobias. Until next time. Train of Thought can be heard on KEPW 97.3 in Eugene. It's also posted on soundcloud.com slash Rob Tobias. 
For comments and suggestions, email rob at robtobias.com.